Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Eagles Live podcast, Super Bowl edition. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, and for this podcast, we want to really focus on head coach Doug Peterson. Peterson coaching, of course, in his first Super Bowl, his second season as the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. And prior to leaving for Minneapolis, he held a writers-only session, 20 minutes, embargoed until today, until Wednesday, and it was an opportunity for the beat writers who cover the Philadelphia Eagles on a daily basis to really get to ask some personal questions, questions they wouldn't normally perhaps ask in a press conference setting. There were no cameras there, just about a dozen and a half reporters, and Peterson stood in the auditorium at the Novacare Complex and answered questions. So we'll begin this Eagles Live podcast, a look at Doug Peterson, inside Doug Peterson, with a conversation about 2016, when Peterson was hired. One of the group of coaches in that class hired, and quite frankly, he was ranked near the bottom of every list as far as the new head coach hire. But let's take a look at that list. Seven coaches in all. And as I look at an NFL.com piece dated January 19th, 2016, a reporter named Greg Rosenthal ranks the head coaching hires. He ranked Hugh Jackson, the Cleveland Browns, as the number one coaching hire of that offseason. Of course, Jackson has won one game in two seasons. Chip Kelly was ranked as the number two head coaching hire. He's been fired in San Francisco. Dirk Cutter ranked as the third head coaching hire. Cutter has struggled in Tampa Bay. Adam Gase, Miami, made the playoffs his first season, did not make the playoffs in year number two. Peterson was ranked as the fifth best head coaching hire of that 2016 coaching class. He's now in the Super Bowl. Ben McAdoo, New York Giants, ranked number six. McAdoo made the playoffs in 2016, was fired during the 2017 season. And the number seven hire, Mike Malarkey, Tennessee, fired. Peterson admits that when he was hired and he heard it, there was skepticism over the decision. There was doubt. There was skepticism. Call it whatever it is. First time head coach. You know, what does he know about running a team? And hopefully I've proven people wrong. I was confident in my ability. I was confident in the things I know. I was confident in the mentoring that I got, that I received along the way. And I just had to lean on those experiences and those uh, those times. Am I going to get fired one day? Yeah, probably. That's the reality of it, too. There's two types of coaches, hired and fired. And you're either one or the other, you know? You're looking for a job or you're not. I mean, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, what I believe in, what I think is right. Do I need help along the way? Yeah, I'm not the only one in this hunt either. I got a great supporting staff, great owner, Howie, Joe, everybody, you know, we're all pulling the cart the same way, in the same direction, and that's the positive, and that's what we got going for us. Now we see, of course, that it was a great decision by Chairman CEO Jeffrey Lurie, who was searching for a coach with more emotional intelligence. Peterson has fit the bill. He's also been able to cultivate a wonderful winning culture in the locker room. He's been outstanding and innovative with his X's and O's, and he's made a great connection with his players, something that he recognizes as more of Doug Peterson emerges, the things he's learned in the past from the great ones, Don Shula, Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid, start to melt away. I think the longer that a person is somewhere, and so for me, this is year two, I think the team starts taking on the personality of the head coach a little bit. You start hearing the same things coming out of their mouths that I'm saying in here. They start believing some of the same things, and I think you're starting to see on the field, you know, run, play action, screens, the type of things that I believe strongly in. I believe we're a good football team doing those things and staying sound in those areas defense you know the physicality with the defensive line but I think that's where you start as you start seeing this team that starts taking on that personality and that's kind of what you want as a head coach 
Join the inaugural Eagles Autism Challenge, a cycling run-walk event to fund autism research. It's a day for the entire region to become a team. Have fun and together advance autism research. For more info, visit eaglesautismchallenge.org. One of the keys of Peterson's success is his ability to connect with the players, something that he believes comes from being an NFL player for 14 seasons. He understands what goes on in the Eagles locker room and what the players need to succeed on an everyday basis. I think 14 years being in a locker room, understanding the players, understanding the dynamic, the diversity in that locker room, I think that's important for me to know what goes on down there, how these guys interact. Being a player for 14 years, I mean, it's you come across a lot of things. And I think for me now, being able to relate to them, you hear all the time he's a player's coach or whatever that might be. Well, I think you got to listen to your guys. In today's game, communication is big with me, making sure that our guys understand where I'm coming from, plus I understand where they're coming from. That's why I did a player committee of veteran players that we can communicate back and forth. And I think that's probably the biggest reason for that buy-in. Of course, to have success as a head coach, you must have players. And Peterson was asked, what is more important? Is there a percentage to put on the quality of players or the quality of coaching? Here is Peterson's answer. Put 98% talent in the room and 2% coaching. But the coaching needs to be 100% of the 2%. Because if we're not teaching the details and the fundamentals of this sport and this game, I'm not saying it's the same everywhere. Uh, I just know what's going on right here. And, and you're seeing the technique and the fundamentals and the details of what these coaches are teaching their players. And you're seeing it being executed during games. That's what you want. That gives our players with talent even that much greater success You know, during these games. This year, the Eagles have been tested like few teams have with so many key players suffering season-ending injuries. On December 10th, in the midst of a win over the Los Angeles Rams, Peterson lost his most valuable player. Quarterback Carson Wentz went down with a left knee injury lost for the season. What was it like for Peterson on a day when the Eagles clinched the NFC East and a berth in the playoffs for the first time since 2013 to lose an MVP candidate in Carson Wentz? You know what? Maybe in here somewhere, but not out here. I would never do that out here. I would never do that in front of the team. I'd never do that in front of you. But inside, you're kind of going, dang, we got this thing going. I mean, look at what Oakland did a year ago. I mean, they're riding along, and then Derek goes down at the end of the year. You know what I'm saying? But even for me at that time, it didn't take long to fire back up, quite honestly. A tremendous defense. Use our run game. Nick's a veteran quarterback. You know, we got a lot of things going for us at the time. We just won the NFC East. We bought ourselves a ticket to the postseason. We're still in good shape. You're you know, kind of like selling yourself on that at the time. A little bit, yeah. a little bit. But that was also reality. It wasn't a perception. That was real. You know, so that part was an easy sell. You know, for me. I'm head coach Doug Peterson. Touchdown, Eagles! You're listening to the Eagles Live podcast with Dave Spadaro. We've certainly found out that the Eagles are more than Carson Wentz, and in fact, that the quarterback room is a very talented one. Nick Foles has stepped up and played outstanding football. Nate Sudfeld, a six foot six inch second year quarterback, has shown to have promise in the long term, and he enters the Super Bowl one injury away from stepping on the field. What's it like in that quarterback room? Peterson, the former NFL quarterback, a former quarterback coach, and an offensive coordinator, knows this situation very well and thinks that dynamic has has really contributed to the Eagles' success this season. 
Well, it's a dynamic group, number one. The messaging starts with me, then to Frank, and then Filippo, and then on to the quarterbacks. But it's been a room that they talk a lot of football. I mean, there's a lot of ball being talked in there, you know, and I'm talking about all three, even when Carson, you know, was a starter. The three guys dialogue so well together. They're constantly breaking down the tape, and for them, it's all about, you know, Wednesday, and then they go to Thursday, and then they compartmentalize everything. And then when Nick started, it just stayed the same. Carson just kind of took the role of Nick helped wherever he could uh, in breaking down the tape. And you get a lot of great conversations coming out of that room, a lot of thought, you know, into the game plan, into the plays we've got, into the run pass checks, whatever it might be, blitzes, protections, and it's been a really good group. At the end of the day, we found that Doug Peterson and Philadelphia make for a very great connection. Peterson, an underdog in his days as a player, viewed as an underdog when the Eagles hired him, has proven to be the man capable of taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl. And as for his part, Peterson loves the city of Philadelphia and everything it brings to him as a player, as a head coach, and as a family man. Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent a couple years here as a player, then came back for four. I mean, it's uh, it's been a great place for me and my family, and you guys are so loving and <laughs> welcoming me with open arms. And You know, there's a part of me that this underdog mentality, sort of uh, you can't do something mentality, you know, it's kind of the city of Philly. They say you can't do something, the next thing you know, they rise up and do something amazing. That's kind of who I am. You know, I've always been, you know, one of those jack-of-all-trade athletes, you know good at everything but master of none you know type of thing and it's been kind of that that's been who I am that's been my career you know to come back to a city that sort of embraces that role a little bit you know and to rise up and lead a group of guys that uh, had a lot of adversity thrown in their face that's kind of what draws you to this and that will do it for this Eagles live podcast Super Bowl edition I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro we'll have more for you as we get closer to Sunday's kickoff Super Bowl 52 thanks so much to Brian Thomas for putting this all together thanks to you for tuning in we've got more to get to here as the Eagles get closer to Sunday's kickoff against the Patriots thanks so much for joining in everyone have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly Eagles fly E-A-T-L-E-S Eagles